Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. And uh, we're getting ready for the meeting coming up in a couple of weeks um, in the San Diego. Meetup. The big meetup. Yeah. The big nerd meetup. It is a big nerd meetup in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So, Yes. All sorts of... Yes. Not not everyone's a nerd, but predominantly. <laughs> yeah, that's there's a lot of... I, I actually think everyone is a nerd at this conference, really? Mike. I don't okay. think you go to this conference if you're not a nerd. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Yeah. Who am I kidding? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, we're all... <laughs> Maybe ask an outsider. <laughs> yeah. Outsider's exactly. perspective on that. Exactly. Welcome to Reading in Church and Other Distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Robert Wallace. And I am Michael McKeever. And these are the readings for November 24th, 2019, the Reign of Christ or Christ the King Sunday and the end three-year cycle of the lectionary of year wow. C, That's meaning right. that we have we done all three years now, except the six, seven, or I remember how many it is we've actually skipped. But it's like uh, twenty-one years in the dog lectionary. It is. <laughs> you know that math checks out. Actually, <laughs> I discovered just, now that I've had an like old that. dog, I discovered where uh, the seven to one year ratio comes. It's not the dog's experience; it's the owner of the old dog. Oh. <laughs> seems like. Each year seems like seven years. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's a mystery a good tip. solved. A good tip. Uh, Jim Gaffigan's most recent uh, stand-up routine, he was calling into question that whole seven-year thing. Okay. So you have to watch that. But uh, four texts to round out this year, and I'm just guessing the theme will be kingship. Um, Jeremiah <laughs> 23, 1 to 6, and then two passages from Luke, Luke 1, 68 to 79. That took me by surprise, but I'll, I'm going to roll with that one. Which you say is Zechariah. Yeah, um, Zechariah. I'm thinking this is Zechariah. That's good. Uh, Luke 23, 33 to 43, which I actually haven't looked at, so I'm assuming, what well, I'm not assuming anything about that. Mm-hmm. That looks like mm-hmm. crucifixion-ish. Yes, it is. In that area. And then uh, you want to do Colossians 1 and 11 through 20 last. Yeah, let's do that Um, last. Which I guess when you consider verse 20, that's a pretty good order to consider that in. Not bad. Yeah. 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 We're going to consider it narratively in the order of the the narrative order. So (laughs) hope that you will like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Reading in Church uh, in both of those places. And uh, I don't know, we've got caught up beforehand and got all of our things that we don't want to say on the air out to each other before mm. we started recording, <laughs> I guess. Um. <laughs> no, I, see no, I see no evidence. As one who edits the podcast, I see no evidence of that, <laughs> that we had That's any conversation point. before we start. <laughs> That's a fair, fair observation. <laughs> what in the world are they cutting uh, out? <laughs> this is the good stuff. <laughs> Uh, hey, I'm looking forward to San Diego after this cold snap. Oh, that's snap. right, gonna, San Diego. Confess, yeah. That's next Friday. We're I just, be out there, yikes. So. You are coming, right? You said I we're am. splitting a hotel I room. I am. So. I'm okay. driving a van right. down with a load of uh, faculty and students. No, no. Oh, wow. No, I'm driving. Is this the new job? Is driving a van? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. Just, I'm it's just technically curious. not a professor, technically not faculty. I but... see. I see. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. Actually, I'm trying to think. No. I'm an adjunct Uber driver. I'm riding down and I'm driving people back. So it's it's complicated. We'll figure it out. It's two different vehicles, but some people don't like to drive. My my uh my department was very happy to find out that I like to drive. <laughs> just no oh. one in my department likes to drive. Because in California no one likes to yeah. drive. Well no, just well the tra- traffic's so bad nobody wants to drive. Just the guys in my just the people in my department. <laughs> That's the old Yogi Berra line. Nobody drives the traffic. So <laughs> yeah, bad. nobody drives anymore. Um but uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, and, uh, let's see. Very affirming. Yeah, I've got to work around. Um, yeah, keeping students being gone the first, the Monday of Thanksgiving week, but getting students to return to my class Wednesday before Thanksgiving on the Wednesday. That's almost and impossible. And having a, a, no a, way this a kind of a um, very important assignment called the Jesus game, where they're taking on different persona and they're going to try to figure out what to do with Jesus. Is just coming to town. We got to figure it out before Passover, you know. So it's so, a big, big that... assignment. They're supposed to invite friends and family who are, might be picking them up, and they might. It, it might be that nobody shows up. I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah, you're literally asking these guys, "What shall I do with that's, this Jesus?" Is that what's happening? Yeah, yeah. From the perspective of you know, from a, a centurion or a, um, 
uh, a farmer, uh, a Pharisee. Yeah, it's. A, I've not. Sounds actually really it could cool. Be. It could be a train wreck. I don't know. Well, that's normally our best ideas. It's not. That's exactly it's not my idea. It's a colleague's idea, and she's written. She's written about this game theory in an um, in instruction uh, and, yeah. and and being sympathetic to different viewpoints. So, um, I'll feel more comfortable next time I do this. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It sounds. It sounds like it, it has does. a lot of potential. I'm it does, and, and those, yeah, <laughs> things like that. It's just the worst time possible day of the year to do it. So there's no way to to schedule right. it different because Thanksgiving comes so late. Well, I was also explaining to my son about the fact that you know every year AAR SBL. Well, now that they're together again, but every year SBL always occurs the weekend before Thanksgiving. It always it's occurs, and so it was sort of an accepted thing that all of the religion faculty mm-hmm. would be gone the Monday mm-hmm. and Tuesday of the yeah. week of Thanksgiving. I mean, that's just something historically. But what I was explaining to Daniel was that whether or not you went to the conference, you canceled classes <laughs> Monday true. and Tuesday out, out of respect mm-hmm. for the holiday, I assume. Yes, yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> that, so it didn't matter. So it was always like, yeah, you know, I won't have classes on Monday or Tuesday. Some, it, it never, you know, the assumption, you're supposed to assume that I'll you're going to be at the conference. When in the fact, you I just, will not be participating. <laughs> exactly. I'll be observing the, the conference, but I won't be there. <laughs> and just, just to clarify, Thanksgiving is not, wasn't instituted because we are all gone. Those are separate things. So, <laughs> yeah, I believe that's hey, right. Hey, all the religion facts are right. gone. Let's have a, let's have a let's celebratory just, let's just meal. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Let us give thanks. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, I don't. Were you following the big? Uh, well, you know, inside baseball for some folks. Are you following the whole scandal of the QR codes? No, I don't know anything. Did about you that. see all this? You don't know about this? Well, th- then I know you haven't printed out your uh, name badge yet. No, uh, I haven't. They send out emails. They send out our emails that you know. These are all very progressive and environmentally sensitive. Uh, uh, groups and so they they wanted to reduce paper and so they sent us our links to print out our name badges and people noticed all of a sudden this year the name badges had QR oh. codes on them and the the ostensibly this was to you know see what kind of uh, popularity in some sessions we're getting to uh, aid in networking was something that they said blah 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 well, you scan but someone's badge everyone. So then everyone quickly figured out, wait a minute, this is Big yeah. Brother that is trying to not to cut down on badge sharing that was happening with grad students oh. and adjuncts and I did all this see stuff. that and discussion. So, I didn't know what it was about. That's what it was. And so all these professors were up in arms, this, you know, surveillance, mm-hmm. this, you know, what are you doing? I mean, is this gonna is law enforcement gonna be involved in this? What about our international people? I mean, it was it went crazy. It's oh. so big that there was a couple of articles in Inside Higher Ed about it. Mm. And uh, just this week, they issued a, uh, here's the name badges without the QR code. Sorry, it was not going to achieve our intended purpose, and, and oh. so never mind. Can so, you send me so your, your was old, this huge, can you send me your old badge with the QR code? Sure, I'll send you all the old badge, yeah, with the QR code, absolutely. <laughs> so so that is the, uh, that's what's happening in our in our world right now is, you know, that, that's what passes for us. I think it's is, just going to slow things down with the ICE agents, you know, if they're not going to, they have to work right. slower, it's going to bog down the lines. Right. There's a joke there someplace, ice agents, isn't there? There's got to be a ice. joke there someplace, ice agents. I don't know. There's, it's got to work hmm. in there. <laughs> ice in agents. Huh. I don't know. This seems like we'll workshop hmm. that. But uh, anyway, you ready to do something else, like biblical? Yeah. 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 Let's finish strong. <laughs> let's, let's finish strong. Let's get a strong finish. Let's okay. do. Je- <laughs> okay. That'll that'll be novel. Yeah. Go okay. ahead. <laughs> so Jeremiah, we are doing. Je- you are doing something this week. You're, uh, you're doing do some lifting. Sure. Why okay. not? Jeremiah 23, 1 to 6. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people. It is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your, for your evil doings. I almost said evil dogs. I was thinking about dogs. No, no. For your no, evil no. doings, says the Lord. Dr. Freud, call on line one, Dr. Freud. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, 
and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Yes, this is in, obviously from Jeremiah. Uh, the time period of any of these oracles is always hard to figure out. Jeremiah's organization, as I have lamented before, is problematic. Um, anytime you see shepherd in the Old Testament, the natural place you should think of is a royal image. Um, this, I mean, it, it's one thing to think about leadership, but kings in particular mm-hmm. um, thought of themselves as shepherd. Uh, and I mean, it's hard to divorce shepherd from kingship throughout the Old Testament and actually, frankly, throughout the Near East. I mean, that was not okay. uncommon in Assyria and other places. Um, the language that is used here of uh, destroying and scattering the sheep is language that is typically used of wild animals. It is mm-hmm. it's lions and others th- and that destroy and scatter the sheep and the the big you know, M. Night Shyamalan twist here is that it's the shepherds who are actually Mm -hmm. destroying Mm -hmm. and scattering the sheep because of their choices uh, in all of this. God is bringing judgment because of those choices. uh, And uh, shepherds who are, instead of taking care of the sheep, are actually, you know, preying upon them is uh, (laughs) wonderfully ironic and That's like a Scooby-Doo reveal at the end of the episode. (laughs) It is. Let's see who's scattering. It's old. It's, it's old the man shepherd. shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Good job, Scooby Gang. I, there's what? Uh, there's there's apparently a new Scooby oh, coming out. No. It's, it's making all oh. all the memes. It's it's the it's a it's an Why? origin story where Shaggy Why? met Scoob. I so many unanswered questions. How long, um, oh Lord? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Verse 5, we see the days are surely coming, which we've seen lately as an eschatological expectation, but an interesting, I think it's an interesting pun, uh, where he says, when I will raise up David for a righteous branch, and he shall be a king who deals wisely and execute justice and righteousness Uh in the land. Um, Righteous and righteousness are the Mm -hmm. same word, and that first righteous, uh, righteous branch, I think the other way you could translate that word would be... uh, rightful like Mm. correct and if this oracle comes in a time of zedekiah and i think it might come from the time of zedekiah instead of jehoiakim Mm. um jehoiachin was taken off into captivity the sort of rightful successor of david uh king on the throne and the one you know through whom the davidic line goes that that jesus is traced in the Mm -hmm. new testament when he is taken off into captivity, his uncle, Jehoiakim's brother, Zedekiah, whose name, by the way, is Righteousness of the Lord, uh, takes the throne. And so you got two competing lines of David uh, at that point, um, one in exile and one in the land. Um, however, when the destruction comes in 587, Zedekiah and his sons make a break for it, and they are caught at the crossroads in Jericho and Zedekiah's children are put to death in front of him and his eyes are gouged out. So the last thing he sees is his mm. line coming to an end. So, so, so that takes care of any concern of a splinter line of David that's going on. But I wonder if verse five is alluding to that sort of, a, I will raise up for David a, a right branch, a correct okay. lineage in this. And he shall be called the Lord is our righteousness, which actually is Zedekiah only <laughs> it's in this okay. case not Zedekiah because okay. he wasn't righteous oh. in this story so I think there's I think we're playing with the king's name and what God is going the to be doing all at the same shade. time at the end of this yeah <laughs> yes I think yes. so I really do I I think we're we're you know I'm trying to Think of I got you know what it is I think it's like I think it's like bumper stickers you know we know, you know how much we try to shy away yes. from politics Mike but I think it is the uh, like a bumper sticker that's lo- that says something like love yes. Trump's hate yes. where it doesn't invoke the name of the president oh. but it also is using the <laughs> yeah you just made that connection I knew I knew I would have to help you with that but I I really do think that's kind of what is going on here is that we're taking this 
the, the Lord is righteousness, hmm. will be the name mm-hmm. of this rightful mm-hmm. branch of David, whose name looks exactly like the current king yeah. in Judah yeah. uh, mm-hmm. or, at that point. So, I mean, it really is a, it's a really clever, I love it. I just mentioned this to the church last night. I, I really love it when the authors are demonstrating sophisticated, poetic mm-hmm. ability. <laughs> this is one of those places, yeah. I think, where that's yeah. happening, um, where you get that sort of really sophisticated Mm-hmm. Uh, expression of God's frustration with kings who are using people and are acting okay, like wild yeah, animals. Like wild animals, yep. Yeah, I mean, the the language of that's applied to the king here is the language that's applied yeah. to the wild animals. Wow. Yeah. Yes, yeah. That's so. Which don't make good shepherds as a rule. No, no, exactly. You don't put the wolf in charge of the flock, no. or you shouldn't. And that's exactly what God says has happened in yeah. in Israel. Wow, it's yes. good. So, I would not have gotten that. <laughs> well, I'm so glad. <laughs> it's always not. You wanted me to finish strong, Mike. I'm doing what I can. Well, that was good. That was good. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a glancing at Luke one to make sure I got this correctly. I didn't realize. Didn't realize. Okay. No, it's who is it? It's Zechariah, but I, I wanted to make sure I got the setup correctly for this. Uh, yes, yeah, so right. I was Luke not. One, I didn't know I was to doing this passage, but I. This is in my wheelhouse. I'm probably uh, have about I'm forty about pages on this somewhere about Luke one. written. Unfortunately, yeah. so I bet you have literally yes, forgotten more probably, about this passage yeah. than I will ever know. So. Let's start with verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. It sounds a lot Mm -hmm. like Mary. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God. From The dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Yeah, this is Zechariah, who hasn't been saying anything for a while, while while they've been waiting for the birth of the son. Um, And this is the the setting is the uh, circumcision. This is a very special circumcision because of this. This, these events. Yeah. Um, so Zechariah is a character who, uh, we may have read this perhaps in Advent texts. I'm not sure if we've read this in any of the cycle, but Luke comes up a lot in our Advent texts. And and Zechariah is, is depicted in Luke as one who is just uh, a knucklehead and imperceptive and doesn't perceive mm-hmm. things very clearly. And he's a, he's a helpful character because he doesn't stay there. He's transformed within the the first chapter, and so it's it's uh, it's a helpful character you read alongside um, a narrative that's about um, people who get it. How do they people who understand what God is doing within God's people and uh, the expanding de- uh, definition of that Jews and Gentiles and and people who don't mm-hmm. understand? So he's a character who spans those two two worlds, but he is. He is a recipient of this divine message in the holy place as he's been chosen to burn the incense at the beginning, the very beginning of the narrative, and um, great announcement, mm-hmm. uh, lots of uh, Abraham echoes, as even as we hear, read here in his, uh, in the, uh, this is known as the Benedictus in, in Latin, and uh, he's, you know, this the oath that was sworn to Abraham. There's a lot of Abraham echoes in this this. Well, the first two chapters, okay. like 20-some. and Well, I mean, if it's out of circumcision, yeah, yeah, that's, that's appropriate, right? Circumcision, like, important what, as well. when did that start? You know, well, that's kind of what he said yeah. in the holy place. He's told, like, even though he's old and righteous and his wife is old and righteous, they're beyond childbearing years. And the angel says, uh, you know, God's heard your prayers and uh, you're going to have a son. And he's like, how can that happen? <laughs> how is that so, possible? Yeah. yeah. So Who ever heard of that? Uh, there's some poetic justice dealt to him in that he's 
so imperceptive he's given a a, a punishment discipline of uh, that signifies uh, imperception so uh, sight he's not struck blind as the, but many people are struck blind in this narrative but he's struck as uh, as mute um, which would be another sign of you know that Isaiah takes uh, talks about people being um, blind and deaf to the message uh, that that God is uh, revealing th- in the latter days. So he has been um, unable to speak up to this point. And at this point, just before this, he gestures that the name of the son is John, even though his extended family wanted to mm-hmm. name him uh, Zechariah Jr. And Zechariah. so that's, he's uh, showing obedience right. to the the name that the angel has revealed. And then his tongue is loosed. Okay. And the way it's narrated, it's uh, not chronological. It's uh, it says uh, he gestured that his name is John, and all of them were amazed. And verse sixty three says, and immediately his mouth was open and his tongue freed, and he began to speak praising God. And fear came over all their neighbors and all those things that were talked about throughout the entire hill country. And all who heard them pondered them and said, "What then will this child become?" For indeed the hand of the Lord was with him. So he, the narrative asks the question before you know before it answers it. Um, this mm-hmm. is what he said when his tongue was loosed. So this is the, uh, the blessing that, uh, it could be understood as prophetic, uh, probably filled with the spirit. And yeah. as all the songs are in the infancy narratives, uh, Mary's song, Elizabeth's song, uh, Simeon's song. He's very much like Simeon, who's kind of his, um, mirror image uh, or reverse image, uh, in that Simeon is totally defined in terms of his perception and it's all about uh eyes and mm-hmm. sight and and uh, light and and knowledge so they're kind of two pairs of uh, righteous people some people immediately get it some people need a little bit more help yeah Took a so this longer. is a yeah. uh, this is a uh, prophetic utterance uh, a song that kind of steps outside the narrative I mean, steps outside the chronology and like a like other dramas or like a Greek drama, the, the chorus interprets the narrative. So it's a narrative aside that guides you into understanding what's happening and where mm-hmm. where it's going in the narrative. So we got a pun in here too. Uh yeah, where? Because seventy-two, um, talking about the Lord has remembered his holy covenant. Zechariah's name means the Lord remembers. Okay. Um, yeah. And of course Zechariah didn't. No. Uh, at the beginning <laughs> no. of this narrative. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, sort of an ironic name, yeah. but now yeah. you had now, one job. That's that exactly. kind of thing, you know. His, his <laughs> you name means job. the Lord remembers. Yes. Look down at your name tag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. So the Lord has remembered His holy covenant. Right. Uh, right. Which is exactly what His name means. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much of that. There's so much of that. It's just kind of. It's hard to take it all in, like like uh, drinking from a fire hose or something. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of this up till 76 is really talking about what God is doing and largely through the deliverance of Jesus. And, uh, but John's prominence mm-hmm. is his relationship to Jesus. So his greatness mm-hmm. is that he goes before the Lord to prepare his ways, um, to give knowledge of or salvation. To sins. Yeah. Yeah. By forgiveness of sins. Yeah. Going before the Lord. And that's, no one takes that, uh, up more than, more than Luke. Um, yeah, so by the tender mercy of our God to dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death. You know, there's a lot about darkness and, and the hands of our enemies, and it's very foreboding. I mean, it is, it is, mm-hmm. it's, it sees past that, but it's like, what is this priest, you know, this, this very high status elite priest who, what, what is, what's all the darkness in his life or what's, mm-hmm. what is the, the deal here? So it is, um. It's it's interesting that he is um, he's one who stands for the uh, he's he's the the human face they've put upon the the um, the people. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he literally stands for the people. I mean, that's literally mm-hmm. what a priest does, mm-hmm. right? So, in fact, when the angel says your prayers have been heard, it's like he's in a place of prayer. He's doing the incense, which symbolizes prayer. Mm-hmm. Everyone outside is praying. And and you know that he and his wife are praying for a child, or, right. or maybe not. I don't know if they stopped. But uh, but when the when the angel shows up and says your prayers are have been heard, realize oh, his story is embodying the the God's faithfulness to remember His covenant to his to his people 
broadly. Mm. So, so literally, I mean, it's, it's a bit on the nose, right? He's a, yeah. he's someone who stands for the people. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what priests do? Yeah. So, right. but, uh, but on the other hand, he is uh, also embodying that division that uh, some people perceive what God is doing and some, some don't. So mm-hmm. the, there's one more verse in this chapter and that's, uh, that's the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. So, um, yeah, some people just go, need to get, get to go outside and play until the streetlights come on. But John was just, he was there until his, uh, until his ministry. He's a, he's a wild man. And, uh, whereas John gets one verse to talk about his childhood, um, mm-hmm. Jesus gets a whole episode of a, you know, Jesus as a 12 year old in the temple in the yeah. temple. And, uh, then those are, those are, uh, um, polar opposites, temple and, uh, wilderness and wilderness. Yeah. And it kind of, there's a lot, this, this really was what I noticed. I spent a little bit of time doing a close reading of this and that, that led to a dissertation. Like, wait a minute, he's playing with, he's playing with, uh, space, space. and sacred space and, and revelations that happen in sacred space, but, mm-hmm. but are ultimately sowing the seeds of the, uh, transcendence of that sacred space. It's pretty much set a course for me to write my dissertation. And I think that's probably why the section on this was a hundred pages long and right, why my outside right. reader at Princeton said, okay, here's the questions for the, <laughs> here's the questions for your dissertation <laughs> for, the, for the defense. Um, no, that was just I've chapter just, one. I was just doing chapter one. <laughs> maybe, maybe I maybe there's a little fat I could trim perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ooh. as you say, there's a lot, a lot one could say about this cause it's, it's got so much in terms of like a, like a hologram. It's got like all the parts are there, you know, mm-hmm. it's a skilled writer to realize they've, they've, uh, oh, that's kind of an overture. Like, oh, that's teased out throughout the whole symphony, you know, that sort of thing. Recurring themes. Yeah. Well, you want to look at Luke 23 then and sort of see the end of this? Yeah, see where this is going. See where this is headed. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. It sounds like it's going to be great. All right. We might not get Luke to the 23. good parts. Let me see. I'm gonna, I was on the uh, web page. Let me get to, okay. 33 to 43. Yeah. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus. Well, that took a dark wow. turn. The, uh, one thing led to criminals. another. One thing, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and they crucified Jesus. Uh, There with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing, and they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he's the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who one of the criminals who were hanged there. Mm. Criminals who were hanged. Is hanged that the right? Hanged is. Uh, it's always a. Hanged is right. I'm worried about the word. Anyway, is it? It's the, not was. Is it one was. Is it was one was. Of, one of. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one that's was odd. hanged. Mm, okay. One were hanged. Okay. One of the criminals who were hanged there. <laughs> well, let's talk about that part. Can we unpack that a little longer? Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, kept deriding him and saying, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him saying, do you not fear God since you're under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting stuff. I can always be really distracted by my own stuff. Um, you know what? Let me let me start near the end because I'll forget this. But mm-hmm. w- we talked about imperception. W- one of the things that is kind of woven through the rest of the the narrative is that there's these outsiders who are incredibly perceptive, mm-hmm. who who um, by perceiving who Jesus is are saved. There's th- that mm-hmm. it it. It transfers them from from the being outsiders to being mm-hmm. not insiders and exemplary insiders. So this guy's about as as exaggerated. Outside. It's about as outside as you can get, right? Other yeah. than maybe Gary, the garrison demonic. Gary, yeah, right. Yeah, here's a malefactor who is you know literally being crucified, um, but he perceives something about Jesus. He's incredibly perceptive, uh, referring to Jesus by name talking to to about him as perceiving that he is a king and that he has power to save 
and that his kingdom is coming despite mm-hmm. despite appearances okay yeah he's addressing jesus he as a it. king yeah and that is yeah, the he heavy paradox of the of the crucifixion in in, in all the gospels it's that uh, jesus kingship is not annulled by this this just mm-hmm. just shame shameful. this shameful you know which is what a cross is all about primarily shameful one mm-hmm. and two painful would be down further on that list so being stripped and having your clothes, you know, um, divided at your feet is, is, is to, to shame you, to utterly bring you to a place of destitution. And in the mm-hmm. midst of that, this guy perceives that nevertheless, Jesus is a king. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and God understands that, I mean, Jesus understands that this doesn't annul his kingship either, that mm-hmm. in fact, this is the way the, that king saves his people. So this guy is, is ultimate outsider, and uh, through his perception is uh, is saved. Uh, he he recognizes Jesus and calls upon him. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replies, "Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise." And and um, there are things that happen with the the temple in adjacent to this. Uh, to, in in other gospels, the rending of the temple veil happens before. And here, I believe it happens. After I forget, it's a different order in in Luke, but this is another image of a um, sanctuary, a paradise. Uh, paradise imagery is woven into uh, temples, and and it's a it's a restricted space. I mean, outsiders don't get in there. In fact, nobody gets into paradise, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the last mm-hmm. last we heard is that there's an angel guarding that, and so he man, right. hey man, he ain't going back there. So this is a um, he's playing with ultimate. Being ultimately outside and then just ushered into the this this place of intimacy with God, this perfect insight. Yeah, yeah, and that uh, that has implications for how how that happens and the the transcendence of the temple. You know, this guy probably wouldn't be allowed into the temple, and there's lots of people who can't come to God if that's where God's located. You know, you're kept away. But this guy is uh, ushered in in that in that moment, and so today is not same. It's not a really chronological in the sense of like. There, yeah. it's saying something about the space or the chronology of the afterlife, mm-hmm. but it's a way of talking mm-hmm. about the immediacy of the availability of of salvation. That this guy's immediately ushered in, you know, mm-hmm. saved, and mm-hmm. and salvation is available today. So he says, mm-hmm. you know, like to to um, Zacchaeus, you know, he says at the right. end, today salvation has come to the to to his house. Yeah. Um, yeah. So today is kind of a technical term as you go through through Luke. You realize, oh, he's using that in a very uh, freighted and pregnant sense. Well, it's it's the same thing, right? You, you talk about the new age breaking in mm-hmm. before the old age passed away, yeah. and so it's not like there's that clean, nice, yeah, you know, okay, and and now, but it's to, it's available today, right? Even though this is still going on, yeah. Or the day yeah. of the Lord is, you know, it's like yeah, that's yeah, really not exactly it's not really chronological. It, right. You can't really quantify you know, dog years, human years. <laughs> it's like it's like dog. It's years. like that sort of yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> If we were just all on the metric system, it'd be simpler, but sure. we got to be much gotta, you know, do careful readings now. How do yeah. you convert dog years oh. to the metric system? <laughs> it, I'm just saying question. it's, it's yeah, yeah that'd be interesting. it's a conundrum. It's probably 10. It's probably, they've probably 10 done that in, years. in Europe. Yeah. They've probably already figured that one out. <laughs> That's right. We need to ask someone in Europe about that. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to sell dogs in Europe, they might make us do that. <laughs> <laughs> True. But we digress. <laughs> but again, living into our name. Yeah. So. Jesus in Luke uh, prays for the forgiveness of his persecutors, his uh, those who um, uh, persecute him, as he as he said, we should do. You know, mm-hmm. pray for those who persecute you. He's 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 doing it here, right? You could, yeah, once again, all we have to do is set aside what Jesus said and what Jesus did, and we don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all yeah. we have to do. Does he actually do? Oh, he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, he told us to, and then he did. Right. So right. So you can't set aside things like sermons on the mount or sermons on the right. plane in Luke. Oh, sure you can. Yeah. Sure you can. I've There's seen people ways. do it. There's ways. You can set it. You can set it aside. Yeah. But you have to set aside what Jesus said and what Jesus did to do it. I'm just, yeah. But, right. but you can do right. it. Yeah. I was talking, you know, 
an Anabaptist institution. You're in an Anabaptist so I, school. I had so. occasion to talk about the Sermon on the Mount. Really? And, yes, repeatedly. And uh, and my colleague is stuck there. My colleague is stuck there. I, every now and then I tease him. I go, where are you at? Where are you at in Matthew? Because we're teaching the same course. He's actually the yeah. division chair. He says, I'm still in the Sermon on the Mount. So like, I'm already in Jerusalem. I'm just saying. I'm not, I don't want to sound braggy, but I'm already it's in Jerusalem. It's not a race or anything, <laughs> yeah. but I'm clearly winning. Because th- it's almost Thanksgiving. Maybe you need to move right. on. <laughs> Sometimes they don't oh. move on. But I'm always, anytime I always get to the Sermon on the Mount, I always say, you know, you've heard me say this. Like if you, and if you're shopping for a church, and who isn't, <laughs> you know, I say, see how they read the Sermon on the Mount. That'll, give you, that'll take right. you deep into their, their mindset. You know, what do you guys think about the Sermon on the Mount? Eh, not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a goal. It's aspirational yeah. a long <laughs> time from now. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's an aspirational sermon. Yes. Yes. Like me, me maintaining a, a peaceful spiritual attitude as I commute to my, my job. <laughs> the freeway is my, is my weakness. Oh, that word came out. Wow. <laughs> no, that was still in there. Well, again, you know, you're, you're on a journey. <laughs> yes. you know, you're not there yes, yet. Uh, very quickly. Very quickly to get there on time sometimes. Well, and the, 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 the themes as you read through there is, is just it's kingship, you know, all the way through. Um, that right. if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. This is the king of the Jews. You know, everyone is saying Jesus is a king in a mocking fashion. And in right. reality, he is... He is in reality king, you know, this is the paradox and, and this is the way this, you know, if you're king, you know, of the Jews, save yourself and us, you know, it's like, this is how I I save you, you know, this is the, this is uh, even. I was just sharing last week in the sermon that as I was talking about kingship, because, you know, we're we're building toward that and that, that this is one of the dangers for us of using analogy and talking about God, because that always breaks down, Mm -hmm. right? You know, Mm -hmm. and. In the Lord's Prayer, God is Father. Well, yeah, he's like a father, but he's also not like a human father. Isaiah 66, God is a nursing mother. Well, he's like a nursing mother, but he's also not like a nursing mother. And That that one's easier for people, it seems. Yeah, right, right. Deuteronomy 32, God's an eagle. Mm -hmm. Well, he's like an eagle. But he's (laughs) He's also also like a chicken. Not like, so exactly. So when we say king, we have to be careful because Mm -hmm. I I always want to temper this kind, God's kingship with Philippians right. two, right? Well, being God, yeah. this is the mm-hmm. kind of king mm-hmm. he is. Yeah, you know, this is a this is a king who who decides to empty what it is to be king, mm-hmm. to be on a cross, mm-hmm. to reconcile people. That's that's the kind of that's just the kind of king God is. This is what it is to be king yeah. for Jesus yeah. is doing this. So, right. So in some ways, it's not ironic. It's this is just this is what kingship looks like when you're doing it God's way as opposed to yes. The way that we like kingship, which is it's good to be the king, Mel Brooks, history of the world kind mm-hmm. of way. So. Yeah, the fallen, the fallen, twisted, you know, distorted yeah. image of king, which is the dominant, which is the paradigm of power, you know, in our in our right. world. But yeah, right. It's not. This is not a narcissistic bully of you know. God is not saying I'm king, worship me. I should have nice things because I'm king. No, this is God saying. This is the kind of king I am because this is the kind of king you need to grow into. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of person mm-hmm. you know. This is what it is to have stewardship. Uh, and dominion of this place, mm-hmm. this kingship, self-emptying, uh, being God, considering equality with God, nothing to be grasped, and making yourself nothing, kind of king. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a. It is. There's a lot of father and king are are you know those are hot button issues as the, because they're problematic models of of power and authority and mm-hmm. and there's different uh, ways that people approach that but it it does seem that within on the pages of our of scripture you'd have a reclamation of those terms rather than an abandonment of those terms yeah you know, it's yeah. almost culturally what what is one left with in the first century uh if you abandon those terms you, you don't find the readers the writers doing that and uh, no. that is a, m- a more prevalent option you know in our day but you are left with uh, gaping, <laughs> gaping holes with like, yeah. how do you fill in that? You know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, well, I lost my thought, but it, that sense of, of kingship, like you're talking about in the first century, those are, they are, the, the Bible tries to redeem those, mm-hmm. but now I got my thought back. It, it's like what you talk about in reading revelation as apocalyptic. Yeah. That, that if you, 
aren't sensitive to the fact that Revelation is doing something different with apocalyptic, you end up reading Revelation and having and coming away from it, believing it means exactly the opposite of mm-hmm. what it's saying. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways kingship and and fatherhood and power is the same way. If, yes. you're, if you're not recognizing that Jesus is doing something different with kingship, mm-hmm. you're going to come away from this text with a twisted understanding of what it means to be king of the Jews. Yeah, well, you got to wonder if, <laughs> given that tradition of reading something like apocalyptic, it's like, well, when the king gets back, you know, when the king re- really shows his colors, you know, his true colors, right. like, no, right. that's that means you haven't been reading about yeah. the, the gospels correctly about the king, you know, this is that right that kind of not that kind of king, you know. Or you know, the lamb sitting on the throne, for example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got a pretty good picture of what the king looks like yeah. slaughtered there on the throne in <laughs> well, Revelation yeah, chapter 5. So That isn't uh, I just sent you you're are yeah. you teaching you asked me for I'm some, a Sunday, for yeah, some resources. I'm teaching a Sunday school class like, on Sunday and I just wanted to just refresh my mind. Series. That that is I think the most the most jarring and powerful image. I mean, it it kind of condenses down the story into one image, a slain lamb on the throne at the center of the yeah. universe, and that is that it says something about God's character. The one who is the only ultimate true power and authority in the universe, it reveals his character and exercises that power through a slain lamb. That's right. that's the most uh, jarring juxtaposition, paradoxical image mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a concise fashion, I think, in the right. whole Bible. Right. It's, I mean, it is it is a personification of Philippians two. It is it's the image of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, the King on the cross. Mm-hmm. It is it's all of the, it's it's it's. You're right. I yeah. mean, Revelation becomes a New Testament book yeah. when you understand that right. image. Right. And you say, what does that what does it mean that there is a lamb on the throne? What does it say about God's character? Right. You know, the character of this. Well, what it king. is to be God? Yeah. This kingship. Mm-hmm. This reign. It's just mind blowing. It gets you on that for about a thousand years. You know. Well, let's try and keep the podcast under that. Okay. So, um, yeah. yeah. So all of this is is a, a reclamation of kingship and certainly a revelation of God's power and authority. This is reminiscent, I'm, as I think about Luke, and, and who doesn't? <laughs> I'm thinking about the reclamation of fatherhood that you get yeah. in Luke 15, you know, the prodigal father who is like, he's nothing like a father in that world. Right. They don't want fathers like that. You're like. Hint being, he didn't kill the younger son when he asked for his inheritance. Okay, right. like, hey, this is a curious. It took a twist. <laughs> it's a twist. Yeah, yeah, or beat him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that that's uh, like, ooh, this is a very different king. This is a very different father. Mm-hmm. This is uh, who who goes through this and and reconciles uh, his his people to himself. It's awesome. Well, you want to wrap this up with Colossians that you said ties it all together? Yeah, a little tasty treat from Colossians. Colossians 1, 11 to 20. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power, and may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who's enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. That's, that's a great a fairly, passage. <laughs> yes, that's a fairly dense passage. Yes, isn't it? yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is not, as I as I as you were reading that, I just think this is a, be a nice. Um, I, just, I don't know why I have this image of like uh, a, a triptych panels behind like an altar. You have uh, the Benedictus, then you have the crucifixion thing scene, and then you have yeah. uh, Colossian the Colossians hymn because it's they're all you know they're just balanced so well. I mean, this is such a great um, collection of texts. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just just amazing. 
Yeah, it's it's just you know over the last three years it's been such a privilege to like wow I would never see that unless, yeah, I, unless read I read these, these texts, texts together. together yeah. You know, which is kind of goes against our training mm-hmm. to read you know these texts together, but but uh, in in the sense of you gotta you gotta bracket out all that information right. to read it in its integrity, right. and that's true. But in the within the broader tradition, I mean, my goodness, it's amazing the way these work together. Mm-hmm. So. This is a very dense uh, passage. It is poetic, and you get to 15. In fact, I, well, I read this morning, I was only reading 15 to 20. I didn't realize I had uh, 11 to 20. Um, but Paul's praying for people. He's always praying for people, so in 11, 11 through 14. Uh, and that's pretty. that's pretty uh, highfalutin prayer, too. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot theologically going on there. But this is so dense. This is a passage when I'm... Um, Typically early in like a survey of the New Testament or a course where we want to talk about hermeneutics, we'll talk about translation theory and go, there are certain texts, it's good to read a non-literal translation, mm-hmm. philosophy of translation, mm-hmm. to read a, a dynamic equivalent, and then maybe a paraphrase, read from different places along uh, the spectrum, as it were, yeah. of translation theories. Sure. And uh, yeah, so I think we've queued I do, up, I pulled some um, out. What did you want to hear? Let's hear the uh, New Living Translation, which is a dynamic equivalent, which tends to take some of these idioms that uh, are shorthand for um, uh, they don't they don't literally mean what the what the phrase adds up to grammatically. Sure. So, what did you want? Where did you want me to read specifically? Well, let's read fifteen to twenty. Let's just read here the okay. the high, the Christ hymn. All right, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, rulers, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and—I'm sorry, I just scrolled the wrong way there. There we go. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together— Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he's the first in everything. For for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Mm-hmm. That's quite a bit longer. There's there's quite a bit to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Um, the message does a good job with this, too. Let me, let me read the message. And... You can see that how helpful this is when we, when we get back to something like the NRSV, which we're reading from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think this does a really good job with this. Uh, we look at his son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this son and see God's original purpose and everything created. That's nice. For everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. I'm um, into 18 to 20 now. It's not always apparent where you're at in a paraphrase, but he was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. Okay. <laughs> he is supreme in the end. From the beginning to the end, he's there towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things and animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies. This sounds like a wrinkle in time here. That's nice. All because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. So um, that's a great that's a great passage to... Um, share with people realize, oh, I didn't, I didn't get all that when I read mm-hmm. uh, the King mm-hmm. James, you know? Right. Uh, there, there's stuff about being firstborn. That's being more than one meeting. He's, he's uh, eternal, but he's also um, firstborn in the sense of the in patriarchal world, the firstborn son mm-hmm. he receives all power and authority. A ruler. Mm-hmm. R- a rule. Yeah. Uh, inherits this, this power and authority and becomes a, an agency for the father. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, is understood as such, um, so honor and respect. So there's a lot, there's a lot in the, tied up in these cultural idioms that, uh, that need to be unpacked. And of course there's paradoxes here. 
replete with paradoxes. This is a lot like the beginning of um, John's gospel. He's the yeah. image of the invisible God, you know, the firstborn of all creation. Not that he has a beginning, but he is, he is that uh, preeminence and uh, mm-hmm. um, eternality. Yeah. This is a hymn that may have been sung correctly or incorrectly at at Colossae. Um, Paul did not plant this church. There's not a lot of personal stuff in this letter, and it could have been written after Paul's death by a disciple, but it seems to be correcting some sort of heresy that mm-hmm. involves both uh, ascetic tendencies, but also... Um, mystic um, practices and worship of angels and concerns about things that are uh, these uh, well well uh, delineated hierarchies of angels, uh, which are talked about as thrones and dominions, rulers mm-hmm. and powers. You should get more of that in an apocalyptic mindset. Um, it doesn't explain what those things are. You could, you could root those in, in certain Jewish sectarian practice, or you could also root that in certain... Um, mystery religions in the Roman world. Colossians doesn't help us a lot, but, uh, but Jesus is the one who, who trumps all that, right? Who's, uh, he's mm-hmm. the ultimate, the one who's far above all those things and, and reconciles them. Those could be thought of as hostile um, powers and thrones and, and uh, uh, rulers and powers. They thought of hostile spiritual elements that you have to appease mm-hmm. or something through a rigorous lifestyle or, or, or misguidedly worshipped in somehow. Um, but Jesus is is far beyond all that, and and uh, as King, re, you know, redeems and reconciles all those things and put things back in their proper place as the one who the agency of God who created all things. Mm-hmm. So, quite a lot going on that here, is, and and such a beautiful image of of new creation of of mm-hmm. you know that this sacrifice of Christ is not about evacuation and it's not anthropocentric it's it is mm-hmm. it is creation centric mm-hmm. all of crea- mm-hmm. the created order gets restored to its proper creative purposes as a result of this the sacrifice mm-hmm. so that's a yeah. beautiful image that we so often just don't hear mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, it's a great one for uh you know christ the king sunday no, absolutely the king who who reconciles everything within his his kingdom there are those who would argue that that's the dominant theme in Paul's theology is reconciliation. Mm-hmm. It may not show up as much as some other um, words, mm-hmm. but but it, when you see the the way he's using the themes that he that he employs in different contexts, which might necessitate different images and vocabulary, the kind of overarching mm-hmm. theme is reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's not a word you often hear. I mean. That's not maybe the first thing that comes to mind in Protestant Christianity, right. but uh, right. d- uh, definitely, I think that's that's borne out if you sit down and read through I his letters. That's probably right. And and you see it, you see it in these these summa, summative sort of mm-hmm. statements. You know, uh, when you know that, uh, like, when he can say shorthand for what he teaches, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, oh, the word reconciliation certainly is prominent mm-hmm. there, and that certainly makes sense of. A lot of things that are just seem kind of disjointed if you don't have the kind of overarching principle. Yeah. So reconciliation, yeah, that's it's amazing. Which you might express through all kinds of things of sacrifice and appeasement and all kinds of images, but uh, but they're just kind of gestures toward this larger um, truth of that God is reconciling all things. And he might we might be our language might not be sufficient to fully right. <laughs> detail that you know, with these analogies we we bring to it, this theology. Yeah, he might not have spelled it all out, you know. At the cross, um, the 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 in the gospels they don't they don't spell out how what this is achieving, but they show the impact mm-hmm. around. You know, they show uh, like it in Luke. Um, you see a, a Gentile centurion saying, "Certainly, this was the Son of God." Or this was a righteous man. And then you also see penitent Jews. So you see this reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles. You have in Matthew, <laughs> we got to talk about this tomorrow. It's like people in Matthew, people come out of the grave yeah. and show themselves to people in Jerusalem. Yeah. So there's that. There's that, that night and nice and tidy image. Right. And the chronology is like, and you know, and then and then immediately the graves were opened. And after his resurrection, these things happen. It's like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, wait, when did can this, we back up? What's the order again? Yeah. <laughs> I can either bring it up to my students who probably didn't notice it, or I could just move on. We'll see how t- tomorrow goes. <laughs> Depends on how much you do want to throw a hand grenade into your conversation, or, or uh, yeah, yeah, I got a lot of ground to cover before I, before I leave town. Yeah, right. right. 
Well, great. I do love this passage. I just do. Yeah. This is Colossians. It's my favorite. It is my favorite passage in Colossians. I, I do love that. Yeah. So, yeah. It is. It's worth unpacking mm-hmm. and reading, <laughs> reading from more than one angle. Mm-hmm. Well, we have come to the end of the year. Wow. Can you believe this? Wow. A three-year journey that we have done this together. That's it's really something. Like you posted uh, that when we started this, our offices were three doors apart. <laughs> and, uh, three doors apart. Three time right. zones apart. Uh, three time zones apart. But uh, and uh, yeah, that may not be because of the podcast. I don't but think it was connected. The but there is an interesting correlation. <laughs> we, we don't. We no longer work at the un, what did we have uh, refer to the university? university. <laughs> yeah, the undisclosed university. Yeah, we not, neither of us work no, there anymore. Neither of us work at undisclosed university anymore. So I don't know that there's a cause cause and effect relationship <laughs> because of the podcast. No. So I suppose there are. Uh, Connections one could draw from the podcast that one might <laughs> There's infer. There's evidence why. for the trial. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so I don't know. Are you, I, my plan was we keep going through at least Advent uh, and fix some of these uh, podcasts oh. we did before, don't you think? I, I thought they were all perfect conversations. Oh, well, then, then maybe it's just me then. <laughs> to, to use, to rip a phrase from the headlines. <laughs> it was a perfect conversation. Well, we might, uh, might clean up Advent a little bit. <laughs> Cleaning up Advent. <laughs> and then uh, we have one where we did a year B during year A. We probably ought to replace and get that one right. And then uh, there are about six. Advent's me doing three texts, isn't it? Every yeah, week, I isn't think it? it is. No, I don't know. I just, <laughs> oh, is that I just Easter? made that up. No, yeah. Pentecost, yeah. Once Easter is, let's see, Advent. I think, no, see, I've got Psalms all through Advent. Do yeah. You? Okay. So, and Isaiah. See, I'm the one who has to do Isaiah okay. through Advent. So I'm thinking if of anybody's Easter complaining, it's me. But Okay. Well, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. If we were getting feedback, wait, I'd say something like, you know, you could make your podcast even stronger if you did this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's strong, but it could be. It could be better. It could be better. <laughs> could work on it. I love how all through Advent, I was just sitting here looking at your text through Advent. You go backwards in Matthew. Well, oh, oh no, you I... don't. No, you don't. I'm sorry. I I was I misread it. It's Matthew 24 the first week, and then three, then eleven, oh, then one. Oh, that's right. We're back in. Well, that is more heavy lifting for me because we're back in Matthew. Yeah, well, Isaiah is heavy lifting for me, so I yeah. I get it. I do get it. Matthew. Oh, we got the Matthew. I just taught that. I just taught the Matthew uh, 24. Oh, good. Well, then you're fresh. Matthew you're good then. three. And then a, oh, yeah. Okay. 11 and one. But I thought we'd clean up Advent. And then if I mean, that's, I mean, obviously we have literally not talked about this. We're literally scheduling it right now while we're on the air. But uh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm good with that. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll, uh, we sh- yeah, we should. No reason we can't do that. No. The more OCD parts of me want want us to get a nice three year complete collection. Uh, the co- complete set, like a whole set, yeah, the, the boxed set, right? Yeah. Right. So all right, well we'll work that we'll out. We'll work that out, but we'll keep somehow trying. we'll we'll figure yeah. it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, we for don't. those of you who have been on this journey for three years, thank you, and maybe you yeah. should talk to your therapist. There's other things to do. Mm-hmm. But, there's uh, <laughs> other podcasts. I hear there's other podcasts. Yeah, but we will we will keep going a little bit and and uh, fill in some of our ride gaps. this momentum. Yeah, yeah. And maybe we'll start finding some texts that aren't in the lectionary and look at those. Those would be fun. Yeah, we'll pray about it. We'll see. That'll be all the. That's funny. You know, it uh, it started it started because our offices were close to each other, yeah. and we sat and we would talk in the office, and and people would people congregate, would start listening, and joining you know? in, and yeah. And and the proportions were probably what they are here. A bit of Bible, a bit of other things. <laughs> Everything <you know>? else, yes. <laughs> and other distractions. It and, really uh, is. People seem to hang around for both of those, so, yeah. Fast, move, slow-moving zombie conversations and, and oh, all those It's Mike of... and Rob's vir- virtual office, you know, is it what really it is. It really is. It really is. So, for those of you who sat on, in the office with yeah. us, we appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh, this is more spacious to do it on the internet. That's true. There's a little more room. You did not have a big office, I gotta say. No, I did not. Not to hold no. the people that came in there, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was cozy. <laughs> it was. Uh, well, thank you for listening. Hope that you have Thanks. gleaned something this past three years. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, hope that you have a great week. Have a great week. Blessings. Blessings.
Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today.